Thank you, Lord. Well, we've been in a series called In His Name. Uh, we're going to review a little bit and then go forward. Uh, Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18. You can, we'll just put it up on the screen. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, be, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus gathered his disciples and said, All authority has been given unto me. You go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So he, he had authority given to him and he delegated it by sending and commissioning the, the disciples. Mark 16, 15. <clears throat> it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, Jesus again is telling his disciples, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he said, uh, verse 17, These signs will follow those who believe. And he lists these signs. He said, In my name... They're going to cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So Jesus is commissioning his disciples, go out and do these things. But notice, he said in verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. He didn't just say the disciples. He didn't say that the 12 apostles, he said, these signs will follow those who believe. So that is not, uh, that statement does not end here. This, and we'll see this, this carries on forward. It said, if anyone believes, these things would be done. Uh, we're going to come back to the next verse there, uh, verse 19 in a moment. But I just want to read this, 2 Corinthians 5.20 said, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we are his ambassadors. We've touched on that. Uh, Jesus here, if we go back to Mark, Jesus is telling the disciples, you go out, do these things. In my name, these things will happen. And so we see here that we are his representatives, his disciples, to go out and do basically what he would do if he were here. We are his feet, his hands, his voice on the earth to get the work of, God, of Jesus' ministry done. His ministry is carrying on here, but it's through his body. He is not here in the flesh anymore, but the Spirit of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here, and we have been commissioned with power by the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus would do. Now, we see this happening here, Mark 16, verse 19. So he just got done saying, let's go back and read verse 17, then we'll flow right in here. Mark 17, or 16, verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. 
In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Verse 19 then says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So he told them, this is what's going to happen. You go out. And he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. And he went on. And then he said, those who believe will do these things. And then he said, so they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And what? Confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So Jesus said, those that believe will go out and they'll see these things. So the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The word confirming there means to make firm, to establish, to secure, to corroborate, to guarantee. So the miracles that accompanied the disciples preaching confirmed to the people that the messengers were telling the truth. God was backing up their message with supernatural phenomena and that a new dispensation, age of grace, had entered the world. So Jesus told them what would happen. They went out, believed it, and God worked with them and confirmed. He corroborated. He was uh, the evidence that what they were saying was true. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, we read this as well. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was in, with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Verse 4 says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of of the Spirit and power. That word demonstration is derived from the term used to describe or describe actions that exhibit or accredit or validate a claim, a truth, or a presence. I'm going to read that again. This word demonstrate is derived from a term that is used to describe actions that exhibit or accredit that validate so they... Uh, uh, Exhibit, accredit, or validate a claim, a truth, or a presence. So when we, talk, when we say here that, or Paul says his speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that means the demonstration is something that validates, that gives credence to the, a presence or a truth. So what this is saying is the power of God is backing up the word that's being preached. It's not just words. It's not just doctrine or teaching. It is 
power backing up those things. Isn't that just like what we read in Mark? That God was working with them, what? Confirming the word. Validating the word. Saying, this word is true. With signs and wonders following. With the power of God following. Bearing witness to what they were saying. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's not in word, but in power. Romans 1.16, we've gone through all these before, so we're, go, we're moving through some of them quickly. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's the power of God to everyone of, of God to salvation to everyone who believes. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. The gospel includes everything that Jesus bought and paid for. And Paul is saying here, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, yes, Jesus saves in the sense that we are born again and we are free from going to hell. But that's not all. He, he provided healing for our bodies. He provided the ability to, to have the supernatural impact this natural world. And that is part of what a part of the gospel. And here Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. We don't want to be ashamed of that part because that part, the power of God, is what is supposed to bear witness to the message. It's to bear witness to the fact that Jesus is the Christ, He is the Son of God, and the, the gospel, the Word of God, is true. Now, we, I'm going to go through these quick again. We're, we're running over some scriptures we have bef uh, gone before, just... Uh, laying a, a groundwork and we're going forward. But I want to read you a, few, a couple of scriptures of, of what Jesus did when he was here. Luke 6, 17. It says, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Notice, they came to hear him and be healed as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. So people all around were coming to hear Jesus because they heard that things were going on with him, that, that the power of God was flowing, that people were being healed, that he was preaching and teaching, and people were being healed. So it says the, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Power went out from him and healed them all. This is what Jesus did when he walked there. We're ambassadors of Jesus, of God, so we are to do these same things. Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went through all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people 
who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Let's go back to verse 23, read 23 in the part of verse 24. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went through all Syria. So see, he went around teaching and preaching and healing, and people heard about it, and they came, and then they were healed. Now John 14, verse 12 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But notice the first part. He said that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So these things we just read in those previous two verses, what did he just say? The works that I do, you will do also. The works that I do, you will do also. The works that I do, you will do also. Everybody say this. Say the works that Jesus did, I will do also. Say it again. The works that Jesus did, I will do also. Now, I'm going to have you say it again, but actually think about what you're saying. Don't just repeat after me. Think about it like it's true. The works that Jesus did, I will do also. Now, depending on where we are with our mind, that's going to hit us in a certain way. Different ways. Just kind of like, yeah, whatever, that's out there. Is Jesus telling the truth or not? Is this true? It says, he who believes in me. Do you believe in him? Yes. Do you believe in him? Yes. Are you sure? Okay, does Jesus know what he's talking about? Yes. He said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What did we just read? He went about doing these things, but people, he said, you, he who believes in me. These works he will do. So we have the ability to flow with the power of God in our lives. We have the ability, it says, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Now, you would think, so how in the world can we do greater than what he did? Well, how many Christians are there on the earth? Now, I don't know. There's more than one. How many people was Jesus? So just by sheer number, you could see how we do greater works. But, you know, Jesus healed every kind of disease. He saw people raised from the dead. I mean, it'd be hard, you'd be hard-pressed to get more done than what he did on a, just a scale of each individual work, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Raise somebody from the dead. There's other instances of people getting raised from the dead, but it's kind of hard to top that. Blind eyes open, you know, all kinds of cripples. I just done everything. But on a massive scale, we're the body of Christ. 
That's one way you could look at it. All throughout the world, this happening. But let's just focus on the first part. If we're just doing the works that Jesus did, regardless of what the greater means, uh, if we could just do that part, I mean, think about what we're talking about here. We just read what Jesus did. He just said, he who believes in me, you'll do it. Now, we're not getting into this right now, but how does this operate? It operates by faith. See, if we go, oh, yeah, whatever. See, our minds need to be renewed to this, that this is true. That this is true for us now, not 100 years ago, not 2,000 years ago, not just the early church. It's now, and it's here, and it's in our lives. And that, that's mind renewal, takes mind renewal, which is what we're doing right now. Now let's, uh, where, we, where we left off last time, Luke uh, 6, go ahead and turn over to Luke. We'll read a few scriptures there. <clears throat> we'll go forward. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So Jesus told them what to do, commissioned them to do it, and they did it. Preaching the gospel and healing. Luke 10, verse 1, it says, These things the Lord appointed 70 other, 70 others also. So it's more than just the 12 disciples. It is other disciples. And sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now notice how he sent them out. He sent them out commissioning them with power and authority to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. That's the biblical model. And we'll see that as it goes forward. The, just preaching the word without the accompanying signs and without the power of God is not all there is for us as the body of Christ to do. I understand there's a lot of people that are just preaching Christ and that's good, but it's not all we're supposed to preach. What did Christ do? What did he do for us? And what gives credence to our preaching is the power of God in operation, the supernatural. Yes, it's supernatural that people are born again. That's the greatest miracle anybody could experience because that is 
you can't see it, but the, the spirit of the person's being recreated, but there also is the, the supernatural in demonstration in this natural realm affecting the natural realm. The power of God affecting bodies, the power of God affecting lives, the power of God changing, affecting habits, power of God affecting attitudes. You know, I mean, you're in control of your attitude, but the power of God can come in and you see clearly. Like you see, like you haven't seen, that the anointing of God is amazing and can help you see things that you've read the verse 150 times alone, but you hear it preached under the anointing and boom, you see it and your life is different. That's why we should not, we should not despise these things. Give God the opportunity to work and to minister to us. So he said, the harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Verse 8, whatever city you enter, when they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Luke 10, 17, so just skip um, down to verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The devil is real, but he does not have authority over the Christian. He does not have power over the Christian. We have authority and power over him. But what he tries to do is try to, he tries to convince you that's not true. Convince you not to use your authority. Convince you, and he has done this to many Christians, convince you that you should be afraid of him. And there's a lot of Christianity that believes that bad things happen. There's a lot of people that don't, even in Christianity, they don't even understand that it's the devil that's the one doing the destroying. They think it's God, but they don't resist it. They have been taught, and their thoughts have been such that God may take you out at any time. I just heard somebody saying it yesterday. I was looking at something, and this, this, this person was young and just saying, well, you know, we don't know how long we have. At any day, you know, we could, we could go out. Well, that's not, that's not what we're to believe. If you believe that God will take you out at any time, You've already opened up the door to the enemy without knowing it, and he will destroy, and you won't resist it. If you believe it's God, you won't resist it if you believe it's God's will, and you can't do anything about it. So that already opens the, the door to the enemy. But the reality is this. The reality is that Christians have been given power and authority in the spiritual realm, and that Satan does not have power over us. He does not have authority over us. He can't just come in and do anything he wants to do. Let me ask you a question. If that were the case, and he is as wicked as the Bible says he is, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, why hasn't he just taken out all the Christians now? Why are you and I still alive? If that's his will and he can just run over us, why hasn't he done it? The answer is because he can't. He can only do it to the degree that we allow him to do it. So he'll huff and puff and tell you he's taking you out. It's a smoke screen. It's a lie. It's not true. It's intimidation. It's their threats. But like all bullies, he's hollow. 
You say, no, no, it's real. He can, put, he can try to put pressure on you and bring things naturally, but if you realize you have the authority and power through Jesus to overcome anything he'll throw at you, you can push back. The thing is, what happens so many times is we don't push back. We start saying, oh, I guess it didn't work. Oh, I just don't know. Oh, I just, it's not God's will. That's all giving him license to run roughshod over you. You're agreeing with him. This is an answer why things happen. People say, why do bad things happen to good people? I'll give you the answer. Because it's allowed to happen. Amen. Period. At the end of the day, it's been allowed. We may not like that, but it's true. God has given us as Christians, as believers, the authority over, what does it say? over to trample on serpents and scorpions. You're talking about literal serpents and scorpions? Well, if you find yourself in the position that you're around those, yes. <laughs> but the Bible says, um, it calls Satan that great dragon. It gets, Satan, you know, that he was uh, in Genesis, the snake. These are types and shadows of the power of the enemy because you can see it in the next verse. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. This is all together. This is, yeah, if you find yourself in a situation where you need to deal with serpents and scorpions, that's included. But over all the power of the enemy, it means it's talking about demons, evil spirits, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Does that sound like the devil can come in and do anything he wants to do? He said it gives you, he gives you authority over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. So, we don't need to be pushed around. We don't need to succumb to the devil's threats and lies. He's he a huff. And he'll puff, and huff, and he'll puff. The only way he carries a punch is if you say, oh my gosh, that's really scary, I have no chance. Well, you just declared it from your old mouth and gave him authority to do what he needs to do, what he wants to do. But what if you say, liar, liar, I know the word, you can't run over me, you're a liar, get out of here in the name of Jesus. You say, well, he didn't go. You just now undid what, you're not believing this. Do we see that? The minute we say, no, it's not working. No, I don't know. No, I guess God doesn't love me. I get, we just agreed with him and dictated by our own mouth his will, Satan's will, instead of resisting in what God said. Well, it didn't work. Who said it didn't work? Is the Bible true or not? So see, this is what the devil does. He tries to push you to get to say it doesn't work. We declare. So we have authority. This is the truth of the gospel. Well, what bears witness to this fact, to these things? The power of God flowing uh, gives witness and bears witness to the fact that God's word is true, that there is a supernatural, that we do have authority over these things. <clears throat> so we see the 12 went out, the 70 went out, 
And the power of God went out and gave witness to the fact that God's word is true, that the words spoken by these messengers were true, and it has continued and should continue to us. Notice it says, he who believes these signs. Back in Mark we read that he who believes these signs will follow him. Not just the, just, not just the 12, not just the 70. It's for he, him who believes. Hebrews 2, verse 1, if you could put that up. What did I give you? Okay. Thank you. Verse 2. I was confused. What on, on my sheet I didn't have the verse 1. And I was looking at verse 2 and going, what in the world? What scripture is this? For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first glance or first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. So talking about Jesus, this same operation, though, is going forth. We saw it in Mark that, if you can go back to verse 3, it said, This salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. See, it began there, but it's continuing on through the disciples and through the church age and going forward that uh, it was spoken, this salvation. Are we still, still supposed to preach salvation? Yes. So we're still preaching it. At first it began to be spoken by Jesus, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Next verse. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders. See, God is bearing witness to the salvation, to the word, with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of his, the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So these things are supposed to bear witness to the fact that the word is true. And this has not ended. Uh, look at Romans, we'll just put this on screen, Romans 15, verse 18. Romans 15, verse 18, says, For I will, now this is Paul, For I will dare not to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and a deed, to make the, de the Gentiles obedient, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, uh, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Notice that. In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So he, this, Paul wrote a good portion of the New Testament. He went about and he saw signs and wonders. And that's how the word of God was confirmed and is confirmed and is happening actually all over the world now. You don't hear this uh, usually declared, especially on secular networks, on news networks, but 
there is, this is still going on all over the world. What would keep it from going on in any given place? Us believing it. Because it is going on, and it has gone on, and it, it's continuing to go on. Faith is what causes these things to happen. Now, there is uh, the moving of the Spirit. Uh, there are certain things that happen, but as we believe, and that, that's as the, the Spirit wills, but even those things, you step out and believe certain things, it gives the atmosphere for those things to start happening more and more. Now, I want to read you, uh, we're going to go back to Acts. You can turn there because we'll we're going to stay in Acts for a little bit. <clears throat> and just read you some accounts as things started going in the early church of these things happening. And the Acts is not just a segment of time that uh, is over. The Acts of the, the, the people, you know, you see in certain Bibles, the Acts of the Apostles, it'll say as a title. Well, it doesn't really have any title, but one way to say it is the acts of the Holy Spirit through those disciples, through those apostles, but that, the Holy Spirit has not gone away. He's still here. And He is still doing what He was doing then and what began with Jesus and has gone on all through the church age and is continuing to this very day. It's continuing to this very day. It's available now. This has not passed away, and it didn't pass away, you know, after the charismatic movement. You know, the 60s and 70s, it's not done. There's different waves and emphasis of God, but it's not done, and we are coming into, we we're closer than we ever have been. There has been prophesied, and I believe it, there is a worldwide revival that we're on the cusp of that will include all the moves of God that have happened before, and it will be nothing like we have seen, and there will be a revival of these things, but right now, even now, we don't have to wait. We can see these things happening. It's for us now. Amen. Let's read uh, some of these examples. Acts 3, verse 1. This is a little longer, but you, know, you go right through and see how this happens. Acts 3, verse 1. You guys doing all right? It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Now this person, he's lame from his mother's womb. That means he's always been this way. He's always been this way. He's always been lame. He can't, he's got something wrong with his legs. And so they carried him so that he could beg. Now let me ask you a question. In today, if this were the case now, 2019, the majority of cases, you know, we don't know exactly what this man, if you were to, to say what the medical definition of what this man has, we don't know. But if he's never walked, could be something that today's medicine could, could fix. But by and large, if somebody's in that condition and has never walked, usually that's going to be hopeless. You can't do anything. I mean, people are crippled and cannot move. There's not a lot, especially if it's been this whole time. 
But there is hope in the power of God. This person had never walked. This is, this is not an easy thing. This is not a small thing. So he was uh, carried to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So he's begging. Verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave him his attention, expecting to receive from him. So he thinks they're going to give him money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now notice what he did. Jesus, what? He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. Peter here is saying, in the name of Jesus, in his authority, I tell you, rise up and walk. So he's doing... He's being an ambassador, ambassador of God, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ here. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then he knew, they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, as the lame man was healed, uh, the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together uh, to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Now notice, everything we've been talking about, if you didn't hear last week's message, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. All the things that we've been listening or been building up to, this, we're, we're walking on a foundation that we've already laid. Jesus delegated authority to the church. Now, you don't have the power to heal anybody, but you do have the authority to use the power of God, not to use the wrong word, to flow, cooperate with the power of God for people to be healed. You see, it says, Peter said, in the name of Jesus, I command you. So he is acting on Jesus' behalf, but now the people are going, oh, wow, you're something. This is amazing. And he said, why are you looking at me? as though we, by our own power or godliness, did this. He's saying, it's not my power. I'm not the source of power. But there is power. I just am authorized to use it on the king's behalf, which is what we are commissioned to do. We're commissioned to use his power and to speak, pe preach his gospel, and he will bear witness with his gospel as we speak it. He said, Peter said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. Now, now he is preaching the gospel to these people. 
This gave them an opportunity, and they're listening. Why? They just, they just saw something, and they are amazed. This man has been here. This guy is a fixture. He's by the temple. They go by him all the time. They've seen him. And he is walking. Now he's, they're preaching the gospel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Just another point. Is he being really soft and touchy-feely here? His, his preaching is very much laying it out. Now, some people may be offended at it, but there are a whole lot of people that are going to receive it. And this is always the case. You would think, well, they saw a miracle, surely. No, no, offense can steal it like this. People can write anything away, and they do. Guys, there are miracles that are going on in the world, and people write them off all the time. Ah, it was such, ah, it was this, ah, it was that. It's not going to force anything, but there are people like these people that they saw something and it, it got their attention, like, like uh, one person said, it was Raymond T. Ritchie, that healing is the dinner bell for the gospel. You know, dinner bell, we don't really use that, and I never in my life have, but, you know, ringing the bell saying, it is time for dinner, come eat. It's, it's, it's putting a signal out there, a sign out there saying, come eat, there is something here. When, when you see healing, people are saying, wait a minute, this is not normal. This is not normal. Come get it. So they come and listen. What's going on? So, but his preaching isn't like, you know, real light and fluffy and... He just goes, I mean, he goes right through it. He said, uh, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet, now brethren, I know you did it in ignorance, as did your rulers, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of his, all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. See, he's preaching. You repent. He's given them an opportunity. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now, Acts 4, verse 1. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they had taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Notice what's going on. 
So you have a miracle. You have the power of God being made manifest in a man he's never walked. He's walking. It gives Peter an opportunity to preach. He preached the gospel. He does not preach. He, he, he holds back no punches. He goes right for it. And now look at these people, certain people, the people, certain, uh, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them. They were greatly disturbed that they, they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They were mad. And they're coming upon them to get them because they're mad that they would, how dare they would preach Jesus. So don't think that everybody's just going to, just, just because there are miracles that everybody's just going to go, wow, okay, this is it. No, there will still be people just like this that say, no, the religious people, people that want to, uh, they don't want to believe, that are going to attack, but there are then going to be people that receive. And that's what we see in the next part here. Verse 3, they laid hands on them and put them in custody the next day. So they took them and they arrested Peter and John, for it was already evening. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word, what? They believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. Do you see what happened? The power of God is supposed to accompany the preaching of the word. Here, this happened and gave the opportunity for the word to be preached. Let me just read a few more of these scriptures. Uh, Acts 5, verse 12. It says, and, they, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of, of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. The believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that, that at least the shadow of Peter might be uh, passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Notice what's happening. It says, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Is this sound like what was going on with Jesus? People were coming and bringing people that were sick. Well, that, those were the disciples that we're acting on what Jesus said, which is what we read earlier, this is the same thing that's supposed to be going on. With us. Acts 9, verse 32 says, Now it came to pass, as Peter came through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who were dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain name, a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately, so all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him, and what? They turned to the Lord. What are these things happening? They're, they're a sign and a wonder. They also, they're part, so there's two things going on. They're, of course, we're preaching the gospel, the fact that people can be healed, 
and whole by what Jesus did, but these are also, there's certain signs and wonders that are happen, happening to give credence to the message that's being preached. It all does, but there are, we can always act on the word for ourselves, but then there are signs and wonders that you see happening, and what are they for? They're to direct the attention to the word and give uh, witness and bear witness to the fact that the word's true. Uh, Acts 14, verse 8. <clears throat> Acts 14, verse 8 says, And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. And this man heard Paul speaking, and Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet, and he leapt and walked. So here you see another cripple from his mother's womb. He heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and he walked. Acts 16, verse 16. <coughs> It says, Now it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought us her master's much profit by for, brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaimed us the way of salvation. So this is being an annoyance. You know, probably something like, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaimed us the way of salvation. It's being an annoyance. It's not being a help, it's being a hindrance. This, this girl has been yielding to the evil spirits. And this she did for many days. And Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. So power over the demonic as well. Not to hinder the work of God. Acts 28 verse 1. Acts 28, verse 1. Now when they had escaped, then they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us an unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid, the, laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So this is what we were talking about earlier. I mean, if you come into contact with something like this, you don't have to be scared. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. So they expect this person to die. They expect Paul to, to kill. They've seen this. They said, Oh, he's bit. He's going to die. And he, he must have done something wrong, because even though he got out of the sea, now he's going to die. Because remember, they were shipwrecked and all this stuff. Verse 5, but he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. So we can walk on the earth without fear of these things. Oh no, something happened. I ate something I'm not supposed to eat. You stand on these verses and say, no, no harm shall come against me. It will be neutralized. It will not, it will not hurt me. Oh my, my child ate something they're not supposed to eat. No, in the name of Jesus, they'll be fine. So we have the ability to walk in these things. Um, 
So he shook off the, the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. So they, they're thinking, wow, he can withstand this. But now look what happened. Verse 7, in that re region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Does that sound like the other things we've seen? They saw something, they heard, they're like, wow, all right, well, everybody's coming, let's go. He, they, there's something else going on here, so we're bringing all the people that are sick, and we're going to see them healed too. And that's what happened. The rest of the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Verse 10, they also honored us in many ways, and when we, were, when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. So you see the pattern. This is, and it ends, I mean, the Acts ends not after that. It doesn't say, well, this ended. Number one, Paul was not one of the 12 disciples. He wasn't one of the 70. And he saw, he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. Where, where do you draw the line? And where in the Bible does it say these things passed away? Where? It does not say that. It just said, Jesus said, Whoever believes. We saw that numerous times. Whoever believes. What would make us think, biblically, not religious, not doctrine, not the teaching of men, that these things have passed away? There's nothing in the Bible that says that these things have passed away. There's nothing. It's still going. If it's the way Jesus did it, it's the way you see the 12 doing it, the 70 do it, you see Peter and John doing it, you see Paul doing it, why shouldn't we do it? Just think about it, and this, this does happen, okay? It's happening everywhere. There's no reason why it can't happen here and now in this day and age. Just think of all the things we've read when those things start happening. If those things happen, what is the reaction? Well, pretty much the same. People haven't changed. Amen. And see, what our minds do is say, well, that's, that's off there. It's not out there. It's not supposed to be out there. we got to bring it to now. We have to bring it now. See, faith is not out there. If you're out there and say, well, just someday, somehow, that's not faith. Faith believes it's now. And is expecting to see something. Amen. Hallelujah. God has given us the authority and the power to operate in the same way. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Just in closing, a couple more scriptures in closing. This, this way you'll see this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close up, but I'll leave you with this. John 15, 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you 
and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, in the, fa- ask the Father in my name, he may give you. We're talking about in his name. It's in his authority, in his power that we are doing it. It's in his name, but this is what we are to operate him. He said, whatever you ask in my name, he would give you. John 16, 25 says, these things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. He was talking about the age that would happen after he was crucified, was buried and resurrected, which you already see in these things we've been, talk- we've been covering They used the name of Jesus. They operated in the name, in the stead of Jesus, healed, preached the word, and things happened. This is what Jesus is talking about. Now, the name of Jesus just doesn't apply to healing, but we're talking about it in these areas. He says, I, in that day and age, you won't ask me anything. You will ask in my name, and these things will happen. Glory to God.